This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's good, hype? Welcome back to the Husker 24 7 Hypecast after your second bye week of the season, the last bye week, unless uh, I, I don't know how that would change. I guess Nebraska gets to a bowl game, you get multiple bye weeks in a row. And then they play that bowl game. Brunt, save me here. There's no way Nebraska can have another bye week, right? Uh, I don't believe that that would be the case. Um, yeah, you're on you're on your own. You're just kind of languishing out there. So well, lang- languishing is what I do best. So that's just what the the people are going to enjoy here as we start the Husker 24/7 hype cast. Which this week Nebraska plays Illinois on Saturday at 2:30, an ABC game. Uh, a rarity in these parts, it seems, for Nebraska anymore. But that is what's happening on Saturday. And so who better than to bring in our chief expert, all things champagne, Mr. Illini himself, Kevin Suits. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the Hypecast. I always just love hearing it. Every uh, every week of a Nebraska game, just hearing Schaefer yell, let's get hype. <laughs> As Nebraska's record in that stretch is something like, 18 and 37. So I, you could, you could probably draw a line to the downfall of Nebraska as a football program with the, the, the rise of the hype cast as a weekly thing in the fall. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's, it's what's causing it, but the record isn't strong since people have started getting hyped. That's admirable of you to go straight to like a stat behind what the, the, the hype cast correlates to. I think let's just go off emotion. People love it, Schaefer. Let, let's, let's not kid ourselves. I got a new appreciation about the hype cast, uh, if I may, because Absolutely. my son went with me to the Nebraska-Purdue game a few weeks ago, which feels like seven months ago. Uh, and one of my traditions on a road game is to listen to the hype cast as I'm traveling. So my son got to enjoy the hype cast with me. And from the beginning, you had him hooked. He's like, what's he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and then you got to the oddly specific predictions. And I think you like this 13-year-old may now be a regular listener to the hype cast. All right. That's good. That's probably our target audience. We're, we're we're really big with the middle school set. That's that's yeah. where we uh we we we're very popular there. Uh, we trained well ask, with the bizarre. He did ask after the fact too if any of those predictions came true and Sadly, I had to tell him no. Sometimes they do. Like that's uh, that's the glorious thing is that every now and then a twenty-seven yard 
uh, field goal attempt will get blocked exactly as predicted on the the Thursday Hypecast edition. So, you know, it's always special when those moments come through. Brunts has like five of them over the last three years. Many many are still talking about Travis Vokalek's six-catch, one-touchdown day earlier this season that was correctly predicted here on the Hypecast. So yeah. uh, I, I, st- I, I still think the best was the Con of Inoa Tap, tap toe tap touchdown in the back of the end zone that was uh, a little too specific. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was a highlight of his career and perhaps a highlight yeah. of the, the Husker twenty four seven hype cast. I almost got thrown out of the press box. I was yelling so loud when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that? That's basically. I could have swore you were just screaming. Let's get hyped! <laughs> Let's get hyped! For for people who just listen um, on the podcast, Kevin by the way, is wearing a, uh, a great Illinois uh, Illinois hooded sweatshirt from the, the, their last Rose Bowl appearance. When was that? 2008. Okay, there you go. So he's, he's yeah. ready to talk about it this was, game. That was Juice Williams, right? It was Juice Williams. It was a Ron Zook team, Richard Mendenhall. Uh, yeah, I would say maybe that's their last good team. And just for all the listeners and viewers out there, uh, guys, I, I do have beside me, I didn't know if this was acceptable. I, I didn't know like what the hype cast uh, attire requirements are, but knowing it's Illinois week, I figured I would go all in. Um, hopefully people understand that I grew up outside of Illinois, or the university of Illinois, about 30 minutes away, graduated from there. Uh, I actually worked for the football department uh, for a few years. So if this is not acceptable, um, I, I can step off frame and change the shirt. I've got a Nebraska hoodie right over here. I got an Illinois recruiting pullover too. So are, are we all right? I I'm completely fine with it. The only way that it could be better is if you busted out the Nebra Noise jersey from that the kid <laughs> or Illabrasco, whichever it was. So I mean, if, if you have ne- one of those, I, I don't. I, that I requires too much work. Level up. That's fair. I think that's entirely fair. But I am I am glad that kid exists and that pops up every time these teams play. How old do you think that that kid is now? That photo's got to be <laughs> seven, eight years old. He's probably yeah, was that the, maybe was in that the 2015. Was that 2015 in Champaign? The the dreary day with with uh, Nebraska giving it up at the end. That could very well be. Yeah, he's, and I think he's, everybody knows what we're talking about too. The yeah, fact well, that this photo is so popular. He's probably like applying for schools now and is very, very confused and, and not at all dedicated to where he's applying. Just just using the shotgun method and applying everywhere. Um, we're what if he's by that kid? What if he's between Nebraska and Illinois? And this game is the deciding factor <laughs> for where he's going to, you know, apply. The trajectory of his life is going to be determined by Illinois' ability to cover Trey Palmer. What a what a way to (laughs) to put your your future in the the hands of fate. We say all this, but watch, he's really like a ACT 34 kid, and he's about to go to an Ivy League school, and he has no feelings toward either of these Big Ten schools. You know, he, he was like awesome. he was a child prodigy that was all he was maybe he was already in school then like maybe he's graduated <laughs> already he's got his PhD undergrad and, like and then he got his graduate degree yeah nice I like that I like that a lot all right let's uh let's dive into some football stuff specifically we'll start on offense as we always do Kevin 
what what can Trey Palmer do for an encore after that performance? I mean, I that was one of the best individual performances we've seen from a player uh, in a Big Ten game at Nebraska in a long time. That wasn't a quarterback. I mean, it was that was a really really big game for for Trey Palmer, and he nearly allowed Nebraska to sneak out of West Lafayette with a win. Yeah, two thirty seven receiving. That's an incredible performance. Uh, what can he do as an encore is the question, Schaefer. I would I would say show that he can be a receiver that isn't just a home run hitter. Uh, you know, he has incredible speed. And I thought it was interesting. Mickey Joseph said this week, he's the fastest receiver Joseph has ever covered. Think wow. about the guys that he has, uh, he, or he's coached. You know, think about the guys that he has coached. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You telling me Trey Palmer's faster than Jamar Chase? Joseph did. I, I find that uh, a little bit surprising to hear those words out of his mouth. But we know that if he gets second level, odds are he's getting behind the defense. Teams are going to adjust their defensive philosophy with how to bracket him, guard him, double him, whatever they might do. I think the next step for Trey is to, you know, continue to come up with catches in traffic, you know, go over the middle and show that you can not only possess the football, but then also get upfield and maybe make guys miss at the second level as opposed to just outrunning everybody. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but a lot of these home run balls to Trey Palmer, they're not the prettiest of footballs from, from Casey Thompson. I'm not trying to put the quarterback on blast, but I would say two out of every three, they're not tight spirals. They're kind right. of ducks. And I realized that just because during most of the Nebraska football games, I'm running a camera. And sometimes when the ball comes out of the quarterback's hand, we zoom in uh, to just the ball to try to get the artsy shot. And there have been a couple of times where midair, I'm thinking, oh, that pass doesn't look very good. But then it ends up in the hands of Trey Palmer, and he hits a 56, 59-yard or whatever, and you're like, wow, that was a great play. But like a second and a half prior to that, you're thinking, this is kind of not aesthetically pleasing. So what he is doing is pretty remarkable. I, I feel like that's a good tagline for Nebraska football. This is kind of not aesthetically pleasing. You should, you could pitch that to the marketing department and see what they can do with that. Brunts, what does a good game for Anthony Grant look like on Saturday while acknowledging how good Illinois' defensive front is and the struggles Nebraska's offensive line has had? But it's hard for me to imagine the Huskers winning Saturday if they don't get a strong performance from Grant or find at least some success on the ground, even if that doesn't necessarily look like 100 yards. Yeah, I know this week Mickey Joseph kind of poo-pooed the, the conversation about time of possession, but that is a big piece of it to me with Anthony Grant is whether or not you can sustain drives. Um, you know, he doesn't need to break 25, 30 yarders. They'll take that if he does it, but you need to be able to at least give Illinois the thought that you can run the ball with some kind of success and stick to it. I mean, I, I do think part of Nebraska's issue against Purdue was they did fall behind in the second quarter by quite a bit. And then it was like, okay, we're just going to start chucking it deep. And that works. But I mean, this Illinois team is not one that you can have a, you know, a two to one difference in time of possession and expect to walk out with a win. So I, he doesn't need to get up, get to a hundred, but he needs to keep the chains moving. They need to keep it in third and manageable. That to me would be more of a successful day. And you know, as opposed to basically by the time you get to the 
10-minute mark of the third quarter, Illinois isn't even concerned about Nebraska attempting to run the ball. Kevin, do you think that it would behoove Nebraska to try to use Casey Thompson a little bit more in designed runs, uh, given how good this Illinois defense is? Brunts is shaking his head no. I'm with Brunts on this. No way. Because this Illinois defense, they hit hard. You know, if Casey Thompson is already a little bit banged up and they said the bye week was very good for him just to heal the body um, and all the recovery he's done over the past uh, two weeks, all it's going to take is about three runs and pops over the middle and he might be out of the football game. So I would say if you're going to try to establish the ground game or at least some sort of offense that runs the clock a little bit, don't do it with the quarterback because he is going to get hurt. This is a this is a physical, hard-hitting defense. I know you guys will probably get into some of the numbers here in a bit, uh, but from the I the, the numbers support that this Illinois defense they are good, and I've been watching them throughout this year. Um, they're physical up front. They are pretty good at the second level or with at the linebacker spot, and then in the secondary, they are really good, and they're not just good at taking the football away, but they will pop you over the middle. And even runs that bust out to about 7 to 12 yards, they come up, they put their pads down, and they'll hit you hard. So this is a buckle-up-your-chin-strap kind of football game, I would predict. And I think if you're Nebraska, you try to remove your quarterback from that situation, and you probably can't lean too heavily on one running back. Otherwise, they're going to get worn down, and then you're running the risk of injury in Nebraska – needs to not just look at this game in front of them. They have to look at the five-game stretch because this style of football, it's not going away after the Illinois game. It is here to stay all through November. Yeah, The the reason I bring up the quarterback run game is that you're talking about a man-to-man defense. And one of the ways that Nebraska has been successful against Illinois is Adrian Martinez getting out there and running, whether it's a scramble or whether it's a designed run. It's hard for me to imagine Nebraska having success if they don't have – a couple of those havoc type plays from Casey Thompson, though. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good point. You know, some of my friends that still go to Nebraska to Illinois football games and follow the team closely and cheer for them, they are they were so tired of Adrian Martinez for that very purpose right. because they always felt like they had Nebraska stopped on a third and seven, and then Adrian would squirt, squirt free and get a nice pickup. Now, the one game. Uh, that doesn't apply to that is 2020 because that was the game Adrian didn't play until the right. very, very end. Uh, but they remember these Illinois fans that I'm friends with. They remember Adrian, the guy that even last year uh, was pretty effective running the football in a broken play. And then what would have been in 2019, uh, he did the same thing. They were just tired of it. So I think there is opportunity. However, the defense for Illinois just looks different now. Um they're going to have to maybe get creative with how to get some yards if they want to control the clock like Brunt's talked about. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. Brunt, any changes with the offensive line? Um, I, I'm not expecting too much. It sounds like Brock Bando is closer than than Kevin Williams to, to getting back. I mean, I I think at this point in the season with that group, you are who you are. Like, that. that's just kind of – you know, you, you need you need the guys that are there to just play better. And maybe the bye helps that. I think Mark Whipple's got to get a little bit creative with scheming up protection. But I, I just don't uh, – I, I think we're past the point of any kind of magic step forward that that group is going to take. And I, 
to your point about Casey and, and maybe being more involved in the running game, I think if he pulls it on some of those those read plays once or twice, I think that's a good thing. But when you have a hard enough time keeping your quarterback upright when you're just dropping back to pass, I don't think you want him. Because Casey's a great athlete, but he always just never feels like he's just fully committed to running it either. It's kind of like, okay, I, it, it, and then he takes off. And then it's like, okay, just slide, get down. Like, just please. <laughs> <laughs> like, just stop. No. Like, I, I think your point's correct. I don't know that they need to go overboard, though, because I think, like, Kevin's point is correct. And this was something about Illinois' defense that they were saying back when Lovey Smith was there, that that was, the, you know, among the harder-hitting groups that the they crushed face. Yeah. They so, absolutely crushed people. So I remember J.D. Spielman, uh, when J.D. was still still on the team, might have been a Mike Riley team, uh, playing at Illinois. I remember he walked off the field, and it's like – 2019. It was 2019. I, I know what you're yeah. talking about. It was a night game, correct, yep. Schaefer? Yep. Yeah, it was a night game, and those DBs just teed off on Nebraska's yep. receivers. And I remember getting a shot of Spielman walking off the field, and he looked like – Almost like a, a fr- high school freshman that was asked to play varsity. And then you come off the field like, that was just a different level of dude I was going up against. And it, he was beaten down by an Illinois secondary. Yeah, no, Illinois has been one of the hardest hitting teams I think Nebraska's played the last five years, each of those games, regardless of result. That 2019 game, I mean, they kept trying to hit those post patterns to J.D. Spielman, and he kept just getting smashed by the safety. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We'll, uh, we'll see what it looks like. On the defensive side of the ball for Nebraska, Brunts, is, is Chase Brown the single scariest running back Nebraska's played this year? To this point, yes. Who's, who's scarier on the schedule, Braylon Allen? Because I think it's Chase Brown. Yeah, I mean, Brown – I think Brown's a better receiver too, which I think is is kind of cause for concern there um, with Nebraska's linebackers trying to cover him. But yeah, I mean this is the, this is the start of a pretty big boy stretch of football games. Uh, I mean, I I would think you know Blake Corum maybe would have something to say about who's best there, but yeah, I mean it, this is there's no mystery about what Illinois is going to try to do. Um, it's we'll see if Nebraska's linebackers are up to the task, put it that way. Kevin, you've watched a lot of Illinois football this year, and and I'm sure you watched some last year too. How was, was Brett Bielema able to get this offense to kind of look like Wisconsin light 
as quickly as he has. It's the same schematics, the same uh, formations that Wisconsin ran when Brett was the coach there. You know, he will put uh, six, seven guys on the line. You know, he'll pack it in tight. They'll stay between the tackles. And they just lean, just play calling a wise two guys. Like Chase Brown averages 27 carries a game. Uh, I, he, they just lean on him. And it's not like they have a pinch hitter. Uh, uh, Reggie, his last name's escaping me. He, he's the backup running back. He'll come in, but it's just to give Brown a break after carrying the ball seven times on one drive. Uh, so how do they get it to look like Wisconsin light? I like the way you termed that, by the way, Shape. That's very accurate. Uh, but it's just based on how they line up and then what they do when the play starts. Uh, they stay under center a lot. Uh, they go I formation. They get a little bit modern and they'll fake a jet sweep every now and again because they have an, an elusive guy on the edge. And Isaiah Williams, who is a former high school quarterback, in fact, he signed with Illinois to play quarterback, and now he's one of the top receivers in the Big Ten, so they can utilize him in a number of ways, and that allows them to uh, become a little bit contemporary with the offensive approach, but ultimately, they just like to run the football. They're fine getting three to five yards, and they have a quarterback that manages the game. I know that that seems like a dirty term. Um, in 2022 football, a game manager, but it's exactly what a Brett Bielema offense needs. No. They don't need uh, anybody to light the stat sheet up, uh, but Tommy DeVito is perfect for what he wants. And there was question whether he was going to play in the Fighting Alani's last game against Minnesota. And uh, I went to Memorial Stadium. I didn't go to the game, but it was homecoming there. So uh, I went to a few of the tailgates. They had a few alumni activities that I was able to uh, participate in before Nebraska played Purdue later in the night. So that lined up perfectly. But I got the sense uh, while I was there and talking to uh, some of the Illinois folk that they didn't know if DeVito was going to play. And there was legit concern about the Illinois-Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. With Devito not in the lineup because he had played or practiced only sparingly that week, and the general thought was he was going to be unavailable. But they announced it about an hour and a half prior to kickoff, and just the attitude and optimism of that game flipped 180. Solely knowing that Tommy Devito was going to play, you would think that like all of a sudden you found out that Peyton Manning was going to be playing, but. <laughs> Their thought, their thoughts and outlook toward the game completely changed with that status update of Tommy DeVito playing. And I don't know if some of that was gamesmanship because uh, Brett Bielema is a veteran coach and he knows how to work the system. Maybe not. Maybe it's just uh, they find him as an efficient uh, quarterback and he completes over 60 percent of his passes. Over 70. Oh, is it over? I I was going to say, like, that's the thing, like. His interception totals are way low. I think only two on the year. Um, and, and he just – they keep the change moving. Doesn't they put the ball the up clock. for reps. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And they, they will throw it in goal line situation too, which is opposite what you would think. You think when they get, you know, inside the 10, oh, it's Chase Brown time. Well, then they fake Chase Brown and they roll him out. And it, it it's kind of like the plays I used to run when I played Madden back in the day. You know, like – I love the little bootleg because you get everybody collapsing on the running back and then your fullback is wide open in the end zone and boom. You you get the big man who can run a little bit and has okay hands, you get him a score. Who was the Bears tight end that you were throwing to in 1998 on Madden with Jim Miller? 1998. 
who was the Bears tight end? They, they've gone I through have no a litany. Who was the quarterback? They have a different quarterback every year. <laughs> These are the questions for us to to learn after the show. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll bring that back. We'll we'll figure that out. Brunts finishing up here with the defense. Nebraska's front seven pretty banged up in the linebacker spot. Haven't really had to face much of a smash mouth running game yet. What what's the level of apprehension here? I mean, you're you're facing the best running back potentially in the Big Ten, a team that you know just wants to go right at you. Nick Henrich is out, so you're you're already a little thin there. And frankly, Nebraska hasn't looked particularly good against the run this year. Yeah, well, uh, they haven't. And coming in, I mean, Nebraska's last in every defensive category in the Big Ten um, right now, including rushing defense, where they're 115th nationally. So which is an improvement, by the way. Um, the The concern, I think, is, to, to me, is you, you have to be able to take something away from Illinois. Yep. Um, and I do wonder if, if, if you see a little bit more of the game plan that perhaps they used against Rutgers, where you don't necessarily sell out to stop the run, but you know that that's something you got to try to do. And... I think the 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 thing that they're going to run into issues with is if Illinois is able to crack it out on the ground and they're able to start hitting play action stuff. I mean that 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 just opens the entire playbook. So the front seven for me is a huge concern in this game. The front seven is a huge concern the rest of the way for Nebraska uh, on, on this schedule, um, especially with being a little bit limited at linebacker. It sounds like Luke Reimer's back, which is a good thing, but. Uh, this is going to be big boy physical football, and you know that this this defensive line. I don't know if they're necessarily set up to play that kind of game. We'll find out, but um, you know you, you can't you can't allow Chase Brown to get loose on you um, and, and just kind of allow Illinois to, to pick their number on the ground because that that that's going to make for a very very long Saturday. I have a All question right. for you guys: Who, Who's Nebraska's best tackler? Like, I don't this is... have an immediate answer. It's it's Luke Reimer, but he hasn't been this year. And who even knows with his health status how effective he'll be. If it's not Luke Reimer, then I, I honestly I don't have a great answer for you. Like they're, they're would, a bad tackling team. I would say Luke Reimer and at times Marcus Buford. Okay, I'll take those. I, I was just curious. I've struggled with answering that question myself. Um, you know, Mickey Joseph, when he took over, that was step number one was getting the team to tackle because they'd been tagging off mm-hmm. for four years. Uh, so Mickey identified they couldn't tackle well. We collectively can't really identify who the best tackler on the team is. Uh, hate to share this with you, but Chase Brown is second in the nation in uh, created missed tackles in terms of all ball carriers, whether it's receiver, quarterback, or running back. So that's a major major issue for this team and it what it's one thing that creates um a lot of pessimism if you're a nebraska fan for this matchup so you're saying there's a chance he could be first after this weekend i didn't say that you said that maybe uh it just the, the is that your oddly specific prediction uh no it but i think we could revise it right now in the moment uh but no that I, I don't i don't know how nebraska stops chase brown 
I mean, he, he creates missed tackles. He falls forward. He gets the ball 27 times a game. You know what? Somehow the stats and everything that we've learned over the first seven games of the season, they need to like we need to have a seven game outlier and this be yeah. the new truth about Nebraska football. No doubt about that. All right, Kevin. So oddly specific prediction. It's not that Chase Brown will be leading the country in yards created after breaking tackles, though you could go that route if you wanted to. What uh, what are you going with on Saturday? I'm going to go with for an oddly specific prediction that Nebraska's leading rusher in this game is Ramir Johnson, that he is going to come off the bench. He is going to get a nice workload because Anthony Grant will get bottled up. They will start to use Ramir. Uh, a little bit more in space. They will give him some draw plays. And I feel like Johnson will lead Nebraska in rushing in this game with a grand total of, let's go, 76 rushing yards in a score. Wow. All right. Oh, off the bill cart. That's exciting. That's interesting. I'm, I'm going to go with a completely different type of prediction for me. And I'm going to say this. The first four scores on Saturday, will not be touchdowns. There will be either field goals or safeties that put up points on the board. And at some point, it will be, I'm saying field goals, Illinois will have a 9-3 to lead on Nebraska. So the first four times there is a score added, they will all be field goals. Brunch does not like that prediction. No, I like that. I, I'm I'm at once. I, I'm a, I'm a little bit at, at a loss for predictions here. Um, so every time Illinois plays Nebraska, I feel like I'm always brought back into like the the 2015 to 2017 type recruiting classes. We've seen all these guys at satellite camps. They were all at Friday Night Lights camps. They were running around on the same field that Micah Parsons was running around on way back in the day. I think it's going to – I think it, I'm, I'm expecting a low-scoring game on Saturday. But I think Nebraska fans are going to see touchdowns on Illinois' side by two very familiar names. One, Isaiah Williams, who Kevin mentioned, recruited as a, as a quarterback, switched to wide receiver. He was part of that group from St. Louis that included Marcus Washington uh, that, that came up to Lincoln. So a touchdown by Isaiah Williams and a touchdown by Brian Hightower. Oh, look at Brian Hightower. Visited he, with Keyshawn Johnson Jr. at the he first w- ever – uh, the first ever Friday Night Lights. Yeah, that w- some of us are old enough to remember a six foot three freshman from Calabasas, California, just running past all these small town kids from Nebraska, and picked up an offer that night. Ended up not going to Nebraska, of course. Um, but I'm 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 going to predict a Isaiah Williams touchdown and a Brian Hightower touchdown on Saturday. Wow, look at that! Pick He's pretty good. Click. Brian Hightower? Yeah, he's he's having a pretty nice season. He's uh did did he go to Miami and then he transferred to Illinois? Is that That's the correct. Yeah. Oh. All right. Pick to click, Kevin. Who you got? <sighs> Can we let Brunts go first on this? Right, I, yeah, I, 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 I want to make sure I don't steal like one of the names you guys got. Because no, no. I know Brunt. you guys were it, you guys were itching to say Ramir Johnson was gonna lead the team in rushing against Illinois. <laughs> so. You want me to go? Go Brunt. for it, Brunts. Death, Taxes, and Travis Vokalek. That's what we're going with with Picks to Click. He has a big game. Everybody's 
just going to be staring at the sun, trying to find Trey Palmer, but they can't find the the mullet streaking down the hash marks for big gains. So I'm think I'm thinking like a six seven catch day for Vokalek. He's feeling good coming off the bye. Uh, I've noticed on social media has been doing a lot of the the cryotherapy, the, the with the the dry ice or whatever they do. I don't know, but uh, I'm expecting a big game from Vokalek again. He's back. On the uh, the Bruns pick to click train. Let's go! Wow, look at that! Yeah, yeah. Travis Vokalek back. I will. Uh, I'm going to go with a very random pick to click. This could almost have been an oddly specific prediction if you're going to go with this player as a pick to click because something weird would have had to have happened. And that is Logan Smothers is involved with a touchdown for Nebraska, and that makes him my pick to click in Saturday's game. I like that. And I'm really happy that we let Brunts lead this off because I had thought about Travis Vokalek. So you gotta let uh, Brunts have the tight end. He gets mad otherwise. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. This all worked out very nicely. I'm gonna go with Tommy Hill. Um I feel like Trey Palmer will probably get neutralized some way, shape, or form, and uh don't know exactly what the run game is gonna look like for Nebraska. So I will go a little bit down the depth chart and a guy that maybe utilized the bye week to learn the offense a little bit better and develop chemistry with the quarterbacks. I will go Tommy Hill getting a handful of catches. If you want a specific number, let's go five catches from Tommy Hill on offense, all possession catches just to keep drives alive. Wow. But a career high uh, for what is third game at receiver. So Travis Vokalek, Logan Smothers, and Tommy Hill, I guarantee you no (laughs) podcast has delivered that collection of picks to click this week. All right, score prediction time. I do have one from BC who was not able to join us today because he's a little bit under the weather. BC is going Illinois 27, Nebraska 23. So some points for for Brian Christopherson there. Uh, We'll let Brunts go. Uh, I think Illinois and will will outlast Nebraska in a uh, maybe maybe a forgettable ugly game, um, but but I'm going to say Illinois twenty five, Nebraska nineteen. I am uh, I'm going to go with Illinois as well. I have Illinois twenty three, Nebraska seventeen. Kevin, bring it home. Is Illinois, are we all going Illinois here? Is the guy in the Illinois sweatshirt about to pick Illinois? I'm going to pick Illinois. I pick Illinois to cover as well. Uh, I do want to pump a little bit of brakes on the fighting. Let's be real here. They're leading the Big Ten West, which the Big Ten West is eh, and they're ranked 17th. Of the teams they've played, they have not played a very difficult schedule. So, Nebraska might be one of the better teams that they've actually gone against. If you think about their Big Ten teams, you know, Iowa, we know Iowa's offense really stinks. We know that Wisconsin isn't the Wisconsin that everybody predicted. Uh, They played and lost to Indiana, though there was horrible game mismanagement at the end of that. And then non-conference-wise, I mean, what they played, uh, Virginia, Chattanooga, I, I mean, this is a team that hasn't been totally tested. I think Nebraska will test them, but I see a couple of late scores from Illinois to maybe uh, disguise the final score. I'll go Illinois defeating Nebraska by a score of 29-20. to 20. Okay. There we go. Everybody's got Illinois. It all seems to be relatively close, though, so no one's predicting a, a blowout. Kevin, we appreciate your time on the on the Hypecast, as always. You're the first person 
to to wear a sweatshirt of the opposing team? And that's going to be a trivia question down the road. I offered the change. Let's put that on the record. Yeah, uh-huh. look, we wanted it. We like it. it. It's festive. It adds to it. Next okay. week, I don't know who the guest is going to be, but they're going to have to bring an oar to the show. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the only way that uh, we're going to allow them on to talk about Minnesota. That's I think the determination we're going to make right now. All right, uh, everybody, check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage leading up to this Illinois game. Plenty of coverage coming off of the Malachi Coleman commitment. Of course, there's stuff about the coaching search on there. So be sure to check out Husker 24-7. We'll have plenty of coverage from this game and everything else. So stop by after, see all of that. We'll catch you next week with some more podcasts at Husker 24-7.